listening to Salam Doll, the podcast where Muslim women don't fit the stereotypes, we break them. I'm your host, Zara Pedersen. You can find this episode and the full archive of all the episodes on zarapedersen.com. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to introduce to you guys Salam Doll's very first guest. This person is not only a super inspirational Muslim woman, she also happens to be a very dear friend of mine. In fact, she was the first person that I thought of when I was playing around with the idea of creating this podcast and I contacted her and and I said to her look I've, I'm thinking of creating this podcast and I really want um, you to be the very first guest and I was so happy that she was as excited as I am about this podcast and she accepted the invitation and I have every faith that you guys are going to enjoy this episode with her. Today's guest is Wajiha Amin. Wajiha is a qualified psychotherapist. She's a relationship coach, a mentor, a lecturer, and a youth mental health first aid England instructor. She provides creative, holistic, therapeutic support, mentoring, training, and coaching to individuals, as well as groups and consultancy services to anyone needing to make a change in their lives or those who want to help others do the same. She's been featured on the BBC. She was a finalist for Asian Women of Achievement Award for her work and she's an ambassador for Women of the Future. Wajiha is on a mission to create millions of happy ever after stories one person at the time. I am so excited for you guys to meet her. So please help me welcome to the show, Wajiha Amin. Salam alaikum, Wajiha. I'm so happy that you could make it on the podcast today. Oh, I am so excited to be with you, um, Zara. <laughs> That's good. I'm really, really glad because, um, as I've said to the listeners already, this is the first interview episode that I'm doing so far. It's just me talking to myself. And I really just want to have like more real conversations with more people who have something to bring to, to like a debate, to a conversation, like who've who know how to speak for themselves and you were like literally the first woman I could think of and I was just like I need to get Wajiha on board (laughs) so I'm just so 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 happy that you could be here today and be a part of this and hopefully come several times (laughs) in the future (laughs) oh thank you do you know what we've got to embrace modern technology we've got to love modern technology because like I'm here in London in the safety of my bedroom (laughs) (laughs) talking to you all the way over there yeah exactly exactly so this is super exciting that we've got so much to talk about and and I can't wait to get started but before we get into everything that we want to talk about today I'd like for you just to tell our listeners today you know how you started doing what you're doing today and with that I'm, I'm thinking more in terms of like the relationship coaching and the masterminds that you do in that yeah so you know it's it, it's a really it's a long story so I'll like sort of sum it up in a nutshell what I'm doing now actually came out of a lot of curiosity it came out of me asking a lot of questions so you know I've got a background. I've worked in the NHS, working in trauma. I've worked in social care. I've worked in education. 
working with the most vulnerable families, working in, you know, abuse, working in domestic violence, um, and also my own experience of relationships. And so when I came out of the other end of, uh, you know, what I call a broken relationship, when I came out of the other end of really... I don't want to say I'm a survivor because I feel that, you know, I'm flourishing right now. Yeah. Um, you know, came out of that relationship. It really made me ask, well, what are what are relationships? You know, what is marriage? Um, and then I started doing my research, looking into what does a healthy relationship look like? What does an unhealthy relationship look like? You know, what are uh, you know um how what's the training that people get what's the education that people get and realistically in the reality of it was there there is no training you kind of just go into it it's all you, you just go into it and so I thought I needed to be able to share what I'd learned I was excited to share what I learned yeah and what I found when I first started do like you know first ever sort of even put out finding Mr. Right out there People were like, what is this? <laughs> and I remember like paying people to come, like just come because I've got so much to share with you. And slowly, gradually, people have started to realize, well, actually, do you know what? We do need to know. We do need to know how to be um, successful in a relationship. We do need to know how to select a partner. We do need to know how to connect with a partner we do need to know how to um keep a partner and you know the stats say it all as well you know the number of marriages that end in divorce the predictions that people make you know the researchers make about how long a marriage will how long a marriage will last you know like the john gottman institute they've predicted that they can tell um how um long a relationship will last based on how a couple argue and yeah. It just takes them three minutes to work it out. Yeah. So I think we owe it to ourselves to to equip ourselves with those skills so we can set ourselves up about it. to go into a happy, healthy, happy, healthy marriage. And the reality of it is, like, you know, we all get we all go out and get a driving instructor <laughs> you know, to learn how to drive. Yeah. So the real for me, the real passion was to um, equip people with the, with the skills to go into healthy marriages. Yeah. Healthy relationships because we know that the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your relationships yeah the people around you I've heard the same thing is like the the the, the longevity of a person is determined by the people around them so if you've got good relationships with people you're more likely to live lo longer because you've got you know that support the community the energy the positivity support network all that good stuff around you and obviously if you're going to get married you want <laughs> that person's the one who's going to be with you you know 90% of the time right uh, hopefully yeah. till the day that you you pass you know so that's a big person in your life <laughs> back in the day that's what you were saying till death do us part yeah you know? yeah and relationships are going to have a direct impact on your physical health on your emotional health on your financial health 
So I want to like just, if we can kind of just try and explain a little bit. So obviously I know what you do. I went to, you invited me to the uh, Finding Mr. Right way back in the day. Uh, like this is years ago. And I was, you know, I mean, Wajiha is just really good at what she does. I was crying. <laughs> I still remember it. Um, but it was all very supportive. And I learned so much about my values and, and what I appreciate, like what is important for me in a relationship and what is not so important so it's not like I want everything or nothing but what do I really want and what other things can I compromise on and stuff but can you try and explain a little bit to the listeners about what it is that you want that that you do in these um in the coaching that you do I guess obviously like it's different from group coaching to individual but if you can give people like a little idea I think um, it's really important to understand, you know, the concept of coaching and the, the, the fundamentals of what I, uh, I teach is we first work on our inter internal world mm. and then we start working on the external world because, I mean, people go into dating thinking that, you know, everything that's wrong is to do with the external world. You know, like there's no decent guys out there. It's really hard. All of that kind of, all of that kind of, uh, kind of stuff. Oh, I'm going to have to compromise. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have to give up on X, Y, Z. But um, you know, we've learnt about relationships. You know, very early on in our childhood, from our childhood. So we carry um, that with us. And yeah. most of the time, what happens is, especially when I work with my singles, they're so focused on what they don't want in a relationship. Yeah. For whatever reason, you know, bad experiences. You know, we look at the good, the bad, the ugly. And they're so fixated on what they don't want. So what we focus on is what do you bring to the table? Yeah. So remember, we think that everyone we think that everyone does relationships how we do them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. You know, you yeah. don't have to have the same relationship style yeah. to be in a successful partnership and as be a successful couple. But what you have to do is be able to understand what the other person's relationship style is and be able to work with that be able to be able to create the bridge between that yeah. like for you know like for instance when i'm upset i just want to have time on my own mm -hmm. when my partner's upset i can't assume that they want to just be left alone what they might want is for me to give them a hug yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and that makes a huge difference like in the yeah. relationship dynamics is understanding how the other person obviously also works. But before anything else, as you said, internalize that as well. What do I bring to the table and what do I need to be upfront with? And what do I need to, you know, make clear for the other person in how I react and how, how I deal with say conflict or <laughs> happy times, or if I'm particularly sad and, you know, you know, you have to really understand yourself first in order to, uh, you know expect somebody else to understand you as well I guess so what so what I'm doing is like you know the buzzword personal development everyone knows what personal development is mm -hmm. so I'm bridging the, the the buzzword the personal development with relational development because those two things aren't they're not something that we readily learn or are readily taught so you know it's great to have that self-awareness like you're saying what do I bring to the table what, who am I you know how do I respond and react to situations how do I deal with conflict you know what makes me sad what makes me happy and and having that self-awareness and then bridging it with how do I then understand another person yeah. and then how do I create that relational 
uh, interchange, that relational, like ping pong, yeah. the giving and receiving. How do I translate that into in into into that? So I I I I, I teach between personal development and relational development, and being able to communicate your needs in a way that you feel heard. Yeah. And you feel yeah. respected. Yeah. So I know that you've got um, like a few points that you work off of. Uh, remind me again, I feel, is it meet, connect, keep? Find, how to find. find. Yeah, find. yeah, because, you know, like people are saying, how, where are they? Where are all the good yeah. men? You know, and I say, mm, there is no GPS for me to give you. Yeah. <laughs> and how do I connect? Yeah. You know, and how do I keep? And those are the three elements that I found were missing. Yeah. You know? And like oftentimes um, is is funny because I'll go to events like before pandemic. Yeah. I'd go to networking events, and the moment I would say this is what I do, I'd have a crowd of women around me, you know, yeah. asking uh, questions. And when I'd say, you know, oh, which, uh, you know, I help people find, connect, keep, and there'd be pockets of people who would say, oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm struggling with the finding and then some would say I'm struggling with the connecting and some would say I'm struggling with the keeping. Mm, mm. And I think we all know unconsciously we all have an idea of which part of the jigsaw puzzle, yeah. which part of the piece that we're that we're struggling with, you know, because it's like um you know it's easy for you to it's easy for you to be going to events and things and to be finding people and then connecting with them and then finding in a month's time two months time three months time that relationship just frizzles away yeah yeah or you're meeting people but you just don't know how to um you know create a conversation that then creates curiosity mm. intrigue enough for you to start getting to know that person yeah you know, so um, and sort of just the keeping element, it's not just about, oh, you've signed on the dotted line, you know, now yeah. you said I do. It's about the longevity of that then, really sustaining that relationship as well, because, you know, that's where the work starts, really. Yeah, yeah. So do you find, like, through your work, now I know you've been doing it for a few years, do you find that it's more difficult as a Muslim in any of these three yeah, so I think we, um, you know, I work across the board, and everyone has, everyone's having problems trying to, trying to, you know, get into a healthy long-term relationship. But in terms of when we're talking about being a Muslim, I think there's a lot of confusion between what does halal dating, what does, what is dating, is it halal dating? Oh, yeah. I can't do this, I can't do that. You know, oh my God, there's so many rules that nobody really knows about. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of confusion around what am I able to do, what am I not able to to do. So I think, I think what Muslims are struggling with the the new era, the new landscape. Yeah. Because if you think about it, well, you know, back in the day, how people would get married mm. through introductions, through matchmaking. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Our current landscape is not that old. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know the uh, you, the um, first m- uh, Muslim matchmaking app. If I'm, uh, you know, don't quote me on this. I don't know the exact dates. I think it's only about um, twelve years old. Which one? Matchmaking. 
um, apps, the Muslim oh, app. the apps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't actually think it's much older. I, I would have actually assumed that it was slightly younger than that, but I guess Tinder's been around for for years though so there you so there you go so we're then like sort of um going going from matchmaking where there's recommendations oh i know someone and then those introductions are done Mm. to now you've got to navigate this new way of doing things and people Mm. are assuming that they've been around forever and they haven't yeah, and, and more than that, I think it's also I because you touch what I guess would be a nerve for a lot of people. I mean, is it halal, you know, putting yourself out there, especially as a young Muslim woman, you know, you put a picture up of yourself online and you don't know who's going to see it. You don't know who you're talking to. You don't know who the person is. And you just kind of have to have good faith that it's okay. And then going home and explaining your to your Pakistani mother or Moroccan mother or something, you know, something else like, oh, I met this guy online. <laughs> Um, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's some barriers there. <laughs> well, you know what? There, read, um, uh, when I first started doing, you know, the masterclass and first started talking about what I do, people didn't want anyone to know that they'd even been to the masterclass. Yeah, yeah. You know, they didn't even want people to know that they worked with me. Yeah. Wow. You know, and also, you know, when people did get married, they didn't say, "Oh, how did you meet?" They didn't say, "Oh, I met on an app." but now we're getting there slowly but surely people have started saying you know my clients have started saying oh i've worked with wajiha you know i've uh, we met on a we we met on an app i went to one of my clients weddings Mm. and um they had on the on the wedding table they had a little card Mm -hmm. um, and on the card they shared their story of how they'd met and they'd written we met on a dating app oh i love that which one? Mismatch? Mine's up. Mismatch. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Maybe one day they'll sponsor this uh, podcast. You know, you never know. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, they didn't name uh, uh, they didn't name the app that they met on, but they said we met online. And I thought, you know what? That's what we need is like people speaking openly about it. And for some people, they're able to speak openly about their. Um, their experiences and what they're doing with their with their family and some aren't and we've got to respect that that that's work in progress where yeah every family is different they're gonna you know have different expectations to how people are going to meet each other and some are going to be more progressive and some are not and so that obviously creates you know there has to be a balance for, for for different people depending on where they are in the world and where their family is around these things as well I guess I think it's about shifting the mindset. It's about um, it's about reframing how you're conducting your search. So mm-hmm. if you see, like, because I have people say, "Oh my gosh, no, no way, Regina, I'm not going to go on the apps." Yeah. You know, I can't be seen dead on there. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if we reframe it and think of it as a facilitator, yeah. it's a means to get you connected. Because let's be honest, you're you've got potential of meeting far more people on an app yeah than you have of meeting someone in your town 
Yeah, I guess depending on where you live. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's be real. And I guess also because you are when you are when you are on an app, you know, you're both there for a reason, and it is to meet someone. You know, I, I guess more so like on the Muslim apps, the Muslim dating apps. Uh, you know, people are there because you you will assume at least that they are looking for not just a date, uh, you know, but they're actually looking for a serious commitment. Um, can't really speak on that necessarily for uh, you know. Bumble and Tinder and all those because you know they're not necessarily directed towards people who want to get married uh, necessarily not to say that you can't find people because I, I have friends as well non-Muslim friends who found each other on Tinder and Bumble and they're married um, so of course it can happen but like on a place like Muzmatch and Minder where you are specifically there as a Muslim and we kind of all know the rules you're not really supposed to just date frivolous, frivolously you are supposed to get married and you know commit to each other and, and things like that you can only assume <laughs> that the other person's there for the same reasons <laughs> i mean look you are you you're gonna have you are gonna meet some wrong ones before you meet the right one. Oh god <laughs> <laughs> but you've got again it's about reframing it you, yeah. by meeting the wrong ones it's really clarifying to you who the right one's going to be yeah yeah and I, I i also think even let's say when if we take it back to the old school matchmaking it wasn't like your mum and dad would present you with one and then you just had to figure it out and it was perfect from the get-go you know you, you you're introduced to okay then there's the neighbor's son then there's somebody else over there and there's from another village and well like i don't know you know you get some a lot of introductions still made and 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 it doesn't make make you a any less of a person or less desirable if you speak to a lot of guys or even women if you're a guy and yeah there's no connection but at some points you know you're bound to strike gold <laughs> yeah and also what that does is I always encourage people and what that does is it it hones in on your confidence and your self-esteem mm. because then what you're doing is you're getting comfortable with really starting to learn how to engage with you know, men or, or women, like, you know, I, I don't know, like, I've had, I've had many conversations with women who, you know, we'll, we'll, we, we, we laugh about it, but it's, it's true. They say, you know, oh, you know, when I was going to school and when I was going to college, I was told, don't you dare talk to boys. Yeah. And then when I went to university and left university and graduated and they're like, didn't you meet anyone at uni? And it's like, yeah, but you told me not to talk to boys. Yeah, yeah. It's like, which one? Which one do you want? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> I always, I've always found that so peculiar because I've never really understood that. Now I'm, I'm half. I'm half Danish, half Moroccan. So I can, I'm, I feel quite blessed in that I've had, you know inspiration to draw from from both sides, the like the Western and the Arabic, and and. But but even at that point, you know, it's it's funny because I still also remember, you know, being raised with a specific sort of like known to boys kind of thing. And then at the same time, as I was growing up, it was like, have you not met someone already? And it's like, <laughs> which one do you want me to do? Like, which direction is so confusing? How am I supposed to meet someone overnight and get married overnight if you're not also allowing me the the space to meet people and talk to people and get that experience i guess exactly and then it comes down to like social skills the soft skills mm. um, because you know we acquire the professional skills we acquire the sort of academic accolades yeah. you know um to be able to do our profession but we don't acquire those you know soft skills to be able to really 
you know, engage in conversation, engage in understanding and relating. Flirting, let's just say. <laughs> yeah, you know, and like the other day we just took, you know, one of my clients was saying, you know, was, was, was saying, oh, you know, like, is there such a thing as halal flirting? Yes. Well, if you ask me, I definitely think there is. <laughs> you know, within the boundaries of being able to, you know, um, converse with, with you know men or, or or women there is ways of having conversations where you can really start to understand understand um understand people and i think people get confused around chemistry and spark and you know um hollywood and you know the this fairy tale version of how they're going to meet their partner and how they're going to fall head over heels and how he's going to make them feel really special or she's going to be like this you know woman in red kind of thing yeah it doesn't work like that you know um spark and chemistry is important but it shouldn't be your deciding factor of no. whether person is is right for you it, it, you know you you get an emotional connection with someone you've got them for life yeah. and you need to learn how to do that and we and we sh- shouldn't be confusing it with flirting or um chemistry or you know um sexual um tension no we shouldn't be confusing it with that because that's not what's needed to sustain a long-term relationship yeah. what's needed to sustain a long-term relationship is how you work through the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, yeah. Because those are going to come up. I agree. And also, you, I remember you said to me last time we spoke, you were like, you can have a spark with the wrong person. You know, there can be chemistry with the wrong person. So these things, you can you can have it even with someone who's not your soulmate, so to speak. You know, you can have these things with the wrong people. And then if you're relying on that spark, you're relying on, like, you're looking for the wrong things. <laughs> Or you could potentially just go down the wrong road with somebody who's completely wrong for you, right? Um, I want to kind of go back a little bit and talk a little bit about, you know, some of the difficulties that you experienced as a coach with Muslim people dating and what that, you know, what what are you finding that most people come to you with and say, this is a problem for me as a Muslim young man, young woman, whatever? So people don't come to me like, straight away i have had i'll be i'll be really honest i had one guy he came to he he came to my master class and he was in his early 20s he was 28 and i said to him why did you come and he said because i'm just starting out looking for a partner and i want to know how to do it right right i don't want to make any mistakes i don't want to get it wrong and what happens is people come to me at the end of having tried everything yeah yeah. You know, and then they've kind of realised, hang on a minute, I'm the common denominator here. Mm. And I think it's because people don't see it as something that they need to pay attention to or they need to invest in or it's something that's, it, it's a service that's available to them. Yeah. And it, it is trial and error. And, you know, most of the time it's because their heart's been broken. You yeah. know, they've really been trying. They're, you know, then all the other cultural issues ha- start to set in. Oh, you're getting older. Oh, you're too fussy. Mm. You know, what's wrong with him? Why can't yeah. you just say, you know, yeah. all those pressures start hitting in and they're like, you know, what am I, what am I doing wrong and how can I do it differently? Um, and most of the time, like, you know, if you think about it, professionally, we feel quite confident in our roles. Yeah. Um, but um, deep down, we don't feel confident enough or we don't feel good enough 
mm-hmm. able to attract the right person That's the right yeah and I think there's yeah most of us can relate to that you know we, we we train to become whatever it is in our profession but do we train and invest in becoming ourselves no not really or at least it's the fewest one of us who do so there's so much more insecurity around just you know, owning who you are and knowing what you want in life. Do you think um, when it comes to things like dating that there is perhaps more of a need, if I can call it that, for, excuse me, for Muslims to uh, invest in coaching, relationship coaching, doing these things because we don't have the, uh, I'll put this in quotation marks, but the training of being out on the field sooner. Like when you're not Muslim and you date from like a young age, you might have had your first boyfriend at 14, 15, 16. Like a lot of girls, non-Muslim girls in my school did, you know, they were out dating and having serious year two year relationships at those times. And I didn't as a Muslim girl. Um, do you think that there's the, the disadvantage is so towards the Muslims so that we need to kind of invest more in learning or sort of learning how to navigate more professionally, more, yeah, can we call it like more professionally? <laughs> I think, um, I think it's, it, it, you know, personal growth uh, is, is something that is a lifelong journey. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, most of the time people are like, oh, I don't need to know how to be more confident or I don't need to know how to do this or I don't need to know how to do that. So it's a lot of there's a lot of resistance around it. I think it's, a, you know, not um, not actually understanding, understanding it. It's a little bit like therapy, you know, yeah. counseling. There's a lot of uh, taboo taboo around it so what I would what I would say is it's really good for people to do their research to really sit down with themselves and have you know have that do a little bit of that soul searching and think, right okay what is it that um what is it that I need what is it what is it that I want um what are the examples of relationships around me do they do they help me to grow do they hinder me do they support me because don't get me wrong not um you know uh, we we all have we're all skilled in so we all have like pots of skills in different areas and sometimes a little tweak is all that's a little tweak is all that's needed or we just need to get out there and uh, try different and try different things and I think it's about being open to experiences yeah yeah it's open to be to experiences it's allowing yourself to experience different people so then you know it's increasing your social circle. Mm. You know, so you you know widening your social circle, so you've got different um, groups of people that you're able to mix with. It's being, um, I, I think, people aren't as open as they could be in the sense that saying, right, okay, I've decided that you know I'm ready, I want to get married. If you know someone, yeah, let me know. But do you think that, like all of this, do you think that this is one of the reasons why it could be perhaps even more important for especially Muslims to do something like this, like working with a relationship coach or taking masterclasses or doing stuff like this to um, help them become better at uh, opening themselves up to these different opportunities and connecting with people? Well, I'm going to be biased and I'm going to say, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you can work with the Weeha, Majiha through this uh, link right here. <laughs> you know, I see, I see the transformation that happens every transformation that happens every day. 
you know. Um, and I always say invest, um, invest your time and money in experiences, not things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, of course, it's so, you know, you you owe it to yourself to invest in yourself. So then you, you know, you can flourish in all areas of, of life because because what I teach isn't just about, you know, um, relationships. It's about life as well. Because yeah. if you, you know, if you feel confident in one area of your in, in life, then it translates into other areas, oh, other areas of that. life, you know. Definitely. Um, so it's about being courageous. It's about being bold. And it's about going and seeking out the support that's going to help make a difference in your life. Yeah. So let me ask you, um, through your work, have you seen that there is a particular group of people age-wise or sex-wise who tend to seek you out more than others? Is there like a specific age group, specific um, uh, uh, heritage or like anything that you feel like, oh, these people in particular are like this? <laughs> so, so when I first started, I started off just offering um, my, you know, the, the masterclass and the coaching to women. And so the women were coming Mm. Um, to to the masterclass and they were coming and working with me one-to-one -one and they were saying well yeah this is really great stuff the men need to know it too yes and I agree 100% um so then what I did was right okay I open up to offer to to uh, men as well and a few men did start coming and I'm gonna say this um the, all the male clients that I've ever worked with have had that have had have gone on to get married like oh, within the amazing. first six months of having worked with me wow you know amazing. because they were on it they would you know any homework i would set for them they would do it yeah. and they were like she had you know if i do this my family is gonna know something's up <laughs> you know and i said well you know you're not you know this is something that you're you know you're investing time effort everything into and so they would do yeah. exactly and they would do it and they would come back and they say I can see why you told me to do that mm. and people have noticed that I've changed I've noticed I've changed and then as we've gone on and time has progressed there are now men who are doing what I do like male coaches doing what I do so now what I what I do is I will coach the women mm -hmm. And I will, if if the men approach me, I will direct them to up to male coaches mm. to support um support support them. I find that I have a mixture of clients. I have the youngsters, you know, who are in their early twenties, who are saying, "We've done everything. We've done the education. We've done the career. We now want to meet someone that we can build a life with." Yeah, yeah. we don't want to mess around. We don't want to faff around trial and error. We just want to get it right the first time round. Yeah. And then I'm working with, um, you know, um, women who put, you know, ha have excelled in their career and they're like, you know, at the pinnacle of success. And they're like, I want to, you know, I want to, um, I want to get, I want to get married. And so they've been trying for years and years, you know, doing the old way, trying to just do it by default. And yeah. they've said, enough, I need to do this differently. Yeah. Because you've heard of the, you've heard that quote, haven't you? If you keep doing the same thing over and over again, okay. and expecting a different result is, the, yeah. you know, the definition That's of insanity. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So they want to do it. They want to do it differently. And then, obviously, there's the, you know, there's the men and women who uh, were married, had that traditional marriage. Um, it didn't work out. They're now divorced. 
and they're looking you know they're like they've decided that they want to find someone um and so supporting them as well and for each per each sort of group their experiences are very different yeah i could imagine yeah like some of the single mums that you know are the, you know approaching me they're like Gia, what is this I've never dated. I don't know how to date. I don't know how to initiate a conversation. I don't know how to do any of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's like completely different from someone who may be 25, 27, 30, who's been on a few Muzmatch dates or like, I don't know, intro gotten the introduction from friends or family and yeah, done a couple of, you know, that kind of dating. <laughs> savvy on the new tech yeah yeah and feel more confident putting stuff out there online i guess as well so it is i guess you're right you know there's different challenges depending on which age group and who you're talking to because i could also imagine that you know a, a single mum a divorced single mom who might be successful in career will still have a different uh, challenge than a business woman who's never been married even though they share some some commonalities simply for the fact that she's already been there she's had a connection she did get married she found a person but then it didn't work out and so going back in again is also a very vulnerable position to be in uh, I could imagine as a as a single mom you know to put yourself out in the market again exactly and then all the other issues that come with that oh I've got children you know yeah. so then you've got the added sort of um sort of um, it's not just her anymore there's other people to take into consideration all of a sudden it's not what i want it is what my family needs as well and my children needs exactly and then what we do what what tends to happen is you start using that as why not yeah you know oh i'm too old now there's not gonna be, you know the men just want to marry all the young girls mm. um you know i've been married before i've got kids who, who wants to marry a woman who's been divorced and got kids so mm. we start you know all the negative sort of biases sort of, sort of used uh, against ourselves for ourselves yeah well let's be real a lot of this is also you know culturally like um miss understandings and you know that are being continuously perpetuated in our heads that if you've been married or if you've been divorced then you're kind of no good anymore and this is why you know yeah you know you know exactly what I'm talking about <laughs> what I'm speaking of and, and we've got to and you know we I think um you know we can't again that thing about you know if you keep doing the same thing over and over again I, I you know in 2020 we can't carry the same thought processes forward because then otherwise we're just whole, really holding ourselves really holding ourselves back you know the whole argument around you know um, female roles male roles what the husband's role is what the wife's role is really it's about what are you going to do in your partnership it's teamwork yeah yeah yeah. And again, the research that says that relations, the most re successful relationships are the one where the couple shares the power. Yeah. Yeah. There's not one over the other. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's a skill that we've got to learn because it's not been passed down from generation to generation. If you think of it, it's not been passed down. Mm -hmm. So we've got to then equip ourselves with those skills to then pass it forward to the next generation. 
I love that. I really, really do. And I love that you just said, you know, it's a, you know, we share a power because it is, I think, in a lot of our cultures, I mean, even though we've got very different cultural backgrounds, we still have a lot of relationship expectations in common. And one of them is, you know, you serve your husband, your husband is the person who decides things and stuff. And we're kind of raised with that idea that we kind of have to leave everything for the husband to take care of. And we just kind of, you know, pop a few babies out and take care of the home, make sure that the bed is made every morning kind of thing. And it's, it's a shame. Hmm. It is time for a change. And I'm very, very happy that you've said that. I know we could continue talking for another like three hours. Uh, in, and of course, unfortunately, we don't have that kind of time with us. But before we round up, I know it might be a little bit of a cheeky question, but is there like a couple of things that you can share with our listeners now if they're like sitting out there and they're struggling to meet someone or connect with people or find people like can you or sorry or, or keep them if there's something that you can just kind of give them on the road that they can start working on already now or be aware of perhaps yes really I, you know something sorry you'll be um you'll probably relate you know I, I know i've said this to you before i hope you don't mind me sharing but Dating outside of your type. Yeah. 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 Move away from my type. Mm. You'll be surprised. Yeah. Um, and be curious. Treat the treat the journey of finding, connecting, keeping the right person, the partner for you as an adventure. Yeah. Be excited yeah. about who you're gonna meet, what you're gonna learn, rather than oh, this is frustrating, this is horrible, mm. why did I end up having to do it this way? Why is it so easy for other people? Yeah. Rather than that, really focus on, you know, I, I'm, I'm setting out on this adventure. Mm. Uh, you know, I have the potential to meet different people. And rather than think, oh, is he, you know, I wonder what he thinks of me and, you know, does he tick my boxes or does she tick my boxes, just think, you know, what makes you you? This person that I'm sitting with across the table, having a coffee with, what makes them them? What's different about them? Yeah. Yeah. But also you need to know that for yourself as well. Of course, yeah. And I think it's just so important also just to make sure it's fun, you know, trying to enjoy it. You know, it's getting married is almost being treated in some cultures. I know certainly in, in, in like the Arabic culture, like it's, it's a thing you have to check off a list. And that doesn't make it fun or adventurous. It kind of makes it a chore. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, you know, that, you know, for some people is the definition of success, isn't it? Oh, yeah. you've got the ring on the finger, you've got the house, yeah. you're married, you know. It's um, <laughs> and, you know, sort of the last sort of, uh, sort of point I want to um, sort of leave with, and this is something that I say to my clients all the time, you know, however it might seem like the world is big, it's actually quite small. Yeah. So always leave people better off for having met you. Oh, I love that. That's so nice. I really, really love People can be really horrible in the virtual world. They can be really mean in the virtual world. And yeah. they wouldn't do it face to face. Anonymity makes people feel power powerful. <laughs> yeah. So treat people how you would want to be treated and leave them better off for having met you, regardless of the fact that it works out or not. Yeah. I think that's great. Ujiha, for anybody listening uh, to this episode today, where can they find you? Where can they connect with you? Come, come hang out, uh, hang out with me over on Instagram. 
you know, um, comment. What's your What's your tag? Share it. Wajiha dot Amin. Wajiha dot Amin. Cool. Yeah, um, <laughs> I will leave links to all of your social media, your websites, all of that good stuff uh, in the description box of this um, podcast. So if you're sitting out there and you want to connect with um, uh, Wajiha, then go check that out. I can definitely 100% recommend, especially the Instagram one. You're very active there. That's so good to see. And, you know, writing really, really good reminders for everyone there. So, uh, yeah, definitely go check her out and um, go work with her, especially if you're in London. You know, go to one of her classes. I think you're doing them virtually now, though, right? Everything's virtually at the, everything's virtually at the moment. I mean, you know, I'm working internationally at the moment. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, you get more people all of a sudden that way. <laughs> It's, it's amazing it's a, you know this whole thing has had some benefits to it uh, as well as obviously uh, some some hard points but I mean you got to look at, at the silver lining there's always one so find that one and focus on that one right and now you get to work with women all over the world right so that's a that's a beautiful thing Wijiha thank you so so much for being uh, on the podcast today I'm so happy so honored that you wanted to do this and be my first guest <laughs> Thank you for having me. And uh, no, uh, as always, I love talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully there'll be many, many more times in the future, inshallah. Inshallah. Thank you so much for listening in to today's episode. If you want to connect with me elsewhere, you can find the links to my socials on zarapedersen.com. Before you go, I'd love it if you could leave me a review or tell a friend about the podcast. And if you're new here, you might as well subscribe. You'll be back. I know it. You know it. There's no point in delaying the commitment. Welcome to the sisterhood, babe. Until next time, please don't forget to live in love.